In nature, there are certain rules. Deer eat grass, wolves eat deer, and vultures eat dead things. But sometimes, animals will break the rules to survive when the going gets tough. Deer are known to occasionally eat small animals like birds. Wolves can supplement their diets with plants. And one vulture may be a bit impatient when waiting for potential meals to die. But the rules of nature are more like guidelines in life, death, and taxonomy. Welcome back to Life, Death, and Taxonomy. It's your 30 minutes of interesting animal information. I'm Joe. And I'm Carlos. Thank you to Cassie for the creation of our theme song. To hear more of Cassie's music, please search Cassie Michelle on YouTube or Spotify. And thank you to Johanna for the creation of this week's artwork. You can check that out on Facebook or Twitter uh, by following us at LD Taxonomy. Uh, and you can visit us at our home on the web at ldtaxonomy.com. And a very special thank you to our patrons. Uh, to Tristan Taylor, Jesse Raspolich, Carol Raspolich, and our new patron, Paul Chomo. Thank you so much. Uh, your uh, contribution is uh, appreciated. Thanks for helping. Your support is appreciated. Thanks for helping us keep the lights on. I'm glad we got his name right because uh, it is it is an unconventional spelling, and it's Hungarian, he said, which is fun. I've never heard a Hungarian name, I don't think. Uh, I have, but I couldn't. I can't remember any of them. Um, but we're, we're all about unconventional spellings here. With what, what with our Greek and Latin. That's very true. Five or six vowels in a row. <laughs> At least it's not German, where there's five or six consonants in a row. It's just two. I mean, we have consonants in a row. Not five or six. Not, not that many. <laughs> like Chachki. That's not German. <laughs> but <laughs> rhythm. Um, it's a good amount. If you don't count Y as a vowel, but it is technically... Why is a vowel in that situation? Anyway, thank you to our patrons. Uh, if you would like to uh, donate and contribute and see our wonderful faces on the interwebs, you can uh, go to patreon.com slash ldtaxonomy and... Uh, and if you become a patron, you'll have access to all of our videos. We take videos of every episode, um, and you can see us make faces at the uh, at the camera, and you can see our, my room and hat. I got some uh, some and lots of cool, cool Christmas decorations cool for Christmas. animal paintings. Oh, did you for my birthday? But I haven't put them up yet. But they're good. This is there's one of a bear, obviously. Yeah, you can't not have a bear in your room. I need I need one of like a oh I do, already showed it. I have one of a cephalopod. You just can't see it. It's the it's the your butt napkins, my lord. <laughs> um, of a, of with an octopus holding holding two rolls of toilet paper. And then I've got my got my steampunk octopus here always keeping me company so we got we got animals in the room it's animal house <laughs> and today we're talking about a metal bird that lives a metal lifestyle but more on that later scar or... scar scarborough scars guard 
Yeah, Skarsgård. Um, isn't he the actor who plays uh, Bootstrap Bill? Bill Skarsgård. Oh, I think he is. There's another. I think the the actor who plays it, the clown, is also Skarsgård. Stellan Skarsgård. Yeah, that's um, that's Bootstrap Bill. Oh, and the other guy is his brother. I didn't know that. No way. The guy who plays it or Pennywise or whatever. And the guy that plays, um, I don't know if you've ever watched Vikings. No. But uh, there's an actor on there who's a Skarsgård, who's the uh, another brother. Of Stellan Skarsgård is eighty is seventy years old. That's his brother. Oh no. I was thinking you were talking about. That's their father. All of their all of their father. Oh, that is all. Okay, yes, Bill Skarsgård is his. Uh, yeah, okay, I'm seeing it. Anyway, there's some Skarsgård trivia for you. I'm not <laughs> sure if that's a super common name in Sweden, but maybe it is. Yeah, that was all because I said Skarmory. <laughs> <laughs> but what do you call this thing? What are we talking about? What is about? it? You didn't. You didn't even say what it was. I don't say what it is. It's mine. Oh, you're right. That was mine for a second. Yes, we're talking about the bearded vulture. The vulture with a beard. Yeah, it really has one. It actually does. It's crazy. Um, it's also known as the... Here we go. The... Lammergeier. <laughs> I don't know. Um, L-A-M-M-E-R-G-E-I-E-R. I don't know how to do the G-E-I-E-R. I'm sure this, this looks German. Um, even though this isn't really it's from the stands. in Germany, um, but that's just the name for it. It's also known as the Ossifrage, which I'll explain later. Um, but we're going to call it here the Beardy Boy, the Bone Saw, and the greatest sorcerer in all of Agrabah. Huh. Because he looks like Jafar. Does? Oh, because he's got that little... Uh... He's a weirdy beardy boy. Yeah. <laughs> um, he's got that... He's got the weirdy beardy magician look from IT Crowd. Yeah. Um, anyway. Uh, so let's taxonomize this. It's in a kingdom you know, love, and are in. That kingdom is Animalia. The phylum is Chordata. Class is Aves. It's a bird. The order is Accipitriformes. Those are the raptors. Those are the birds of prey. Mm -hmm. um, the family is Accipitridae. The genus is Gypetus or Gypetus. Gypetto. Is it, it's probably Gypetus. Yeah. Um, because there's only one word that starts with a G and a Y that has a hard G, uh, and it's. I'm not going to say it. Um, the species is Barbatus. So, Gepatus Barbatus. And uh, if I know anything about Latin, it's that uh, barb means beard. <laughs> um, so, we're not doing so, yeah. nitty-gritty nomenclature, I assume. We are not. Because... It's time for my favorite part of the show, c -c 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 critter groups. I don't think we've done a vulture before. We did a condor, but I don't think we've done a vulture. 
So this might be new. This is the part of the show where I ask you, Joe, a question, and that question is the same every time. What is the name of a group of this animal? What is the term of venery, or what is the collective noun? If you saw a group of vultures, which I'm sure many people have, would you call it A, a kettle of vultures, B, a dearth of vultures, C, a circle of vultures, or D, a feathering of vultures? What were the first two? Uh, kettle and dearth. I thought dearth was the third one. No, it's kettle, dearth, circle, and feathering. Oh. Circle is good. I like dearth. Let's go with dearth. Is that your final answer? It is. And the answer was kettle. Yeah. How could you not know that, Joe? It wasn't on my radar. I don't feel so bad. I thought I thought I gave the I gave this one away because I, as I was talking about it, I was like, all these ones sound like a little too close, a little too on the nose, and the kettle's just like way out there. So it's it's. Such I don't a, know what a dearth a, is. Uh, a dearth is like a lack of something. Like a, uh, a it's it's a it's a synonym for a lack. Ah. Um. So there's like a there's a there's a dearth of, um, you know, intelligence in Washington D.C. or something like that. Yeah. So just a, a spit spitball off the top of my head. <laughs> um, but yes, it's a kettle, a kettle of vultures. Um, I I would not recommend, um, eating vultures. <laughs> Uh, unless uh, in a ke in a kettle or at all, um, unless you know what you're doing, um, because they're carrion birds, and they they digest eat and digest things that you should definitely be aware of. <laughs> so let's talk about what this thing looks like, because that's that's part of the interesting part. Um, so this is a huge <laughs> eagle-looking bird. In fact. I was looking at this. I immediately thought of the harpy eagle. Um, it's it's kind of it kind of just is a harpy eagle with like the vulture's characteristic like hooked beak. It has dark gray wings uh, with white or cream colored uh, chest, legs, head. It's got those like big stocky legs and sharp talons. Um, unlike all other vultures, though, uh, Beardy Boy over here has feathers all over his head. Instead of that usual like pink and wrinkly giblet head thing that I, I turkeys have a tend to for have, that. do you? Mm -hmm. Well, I, I I can kind of see where you're going for this. Yeah. So I, for the most part, um, I, uh, vultures they have their heads are are barren. It's just this. It's just the wrinkly skin, pink skin, um, and that's because they spend a lot of their time with their heads in rotting carcasses uh, and it's not great to get a bunch of that stuck in your feathers for you know maybe a week or something like that um, so it really behooves them to have no feathers on their head as ugly as it makes them look um, and as as many times as Disney portrays them as the bad guys um, this so this the bearded vulture has you know Full, full, glorious, luscious head of hair—not hair, but feathers. It also has a black tuft uh, 
under its beak, giving it its signature magician goatee. Um, and it's like, it's distinct. You, you look up a picture of these guys and they've just got this little, like this, this little, you know, Jethro Tull thing coming out the, the underside of their, their beak. Um, it has, it also has black streaks going um, across and around its eyes and its eyes are bright yellow with, and rimmed with red. So it can be, it can sometimes be like a reddish rust color. So with the red and yellow eyes, the red and black body, and the sharp black goatee, I have never seen a bird look more like Jafar. It, it's really cool for a vulture. Vultures are usually not attractive birds. No, but this is this is this is definitely like a yeah Pokemon level vulture, like Mandibuzz <laughs> slash Braviary. <laughs> Slash um, Sars guard. <laughs> slash Skarmory's guard. Um, <clears throat> um, and it also has a spade-shaped tail uh, rather than the typical fan-shaped tail that most birds of prey have, especially most vultures. Um, but as I mentioned, this is a large birdie. So how large is it? Joe. Good question. Welcome to the beloved Measure Up segment, the official listener's favorite part of the show. The part of the show when we present the animal size and dimensions in relatable terms that's uh, through a quiz that's fun for the whole family. It's also part of the show that's introduced by you when you send in audio of, your, audio of yourself saying, singing, or chittering the words Measure Up into ldtaxonomy at gmail.com. We don't have a new Measure Up intro this week. Rats. But that means we get to hear from a uh, former one, uh, Greatest Hits, we said we were going to do. So we're going to play one of the greatest hits. Let's let's go deep. And you, right maybe now. you can tell me who this is. Oh, not again. I think this will be easy. Uh, but think. we'll find out. I got to get it right. Otherwise, I f- the, the person feels bad. Without further ado, the listener's favorite part of the show. She gave it okay, away. So, a little bit. I'm, I'm thinking. <laughs> now, correct me if I'm wrong. I don't want to make anyone feel bad, but I'm going to guess it's Julia. Yeah, that's correct. I did say yes. I think it was pretty easy. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's Julia, voice of the uh, the stinger at the end of the episodes. Um, long time listener, long time yep, yep. contributor. We are very grateful and happy to have. Uh, Julia and her brother and uh, and mom and dad and everybody listening to the show for as long as we've been doing this. It's crazy. Yeah. Um, so it's great to hear their voices from so long ago. I hear their voices every week. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Julia. For, again. Yeah. Um, and I we have more more greatest hits from from Julia and her uh, siblings. So. We might hear some more, but let's get into wingspan. They're two point, All right. 2.31 to 2.83 meters 
or seven feet, seven inches to nine feet, three inches. We're going with the upper end of average. So how many of the tallest stack of M&Ms go into the length of the bearded vulture's <laughs> wingspan? I actually saw this recently. Oh, so you know exactly how many? Um, well, I'm, you still have to, I'm fairly certain I remember how, um, how many there were. You still have to estimate the thickness of this, an M&M. Right, yeah. Which, okay. Oh, here's a hint. The feat was achieved by Ibrahim Sadiq of Iraq on April 7th, 2022, this month. Yeah, that's why I heard about it. I'm pretty sure... And the record was previously held by UK man Will Cutbill, who achieved the record in 2021. So it's a hotly contested record. I wonder if this is one of those things where, like, you just happen to do it and you're like, oh my gosh, oh my gosh, don't touch it, don't touch it, call call Guinness. Or, like, you dedicate yourself to being able to stack... Well, you have to film yourself doing it. So, if I remember right, I think it's, like... Seven M and M's. Um, I remember, like, oh, I wonder how many M and M's someone could stack. I was like, oh, I guess it's seven. And then I thought about it. And I was like, oh, I guess that would be pretty hard, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, it seems so achievable. It's like the Ferrero Rocher. Yeah, but uh, I guess the stipulation has to be they can't be mashed because I could stack a lot of M and M's on top of each other if they're mashed. They have to be intact. <laughs> oh yeah, yeah. Or if they're in a, uh, a very large pile. <laughs> yeah. Um, or in my belly. Uh, all right. So if an M&M is probably a quarter of an inch. That's got to be a little bit bigger than that. It's probably, I'm going to say it's probably about two, two inches tall. This little stack of M&Ms. Yeah. Two inches. This seems about right. Maybe two and a half, but we'll go with two. Um, and this is nine feet, three inches. So my answer is 55 and a half. Final answer? 55 and a half stacks of M&Ms go into the wingspan of this sorcerer bird. The correct answer is 63 stacks. The stack That's was 1.75 inches tall. Guess how thick an M&M is. A quarter of an inch. quarter of an inch. Ah, I round. I, I gave it a bunch of like padding to to, to make up for like, I, I felt like it was uh, too much. I should have just done the math. Uh, and it's seven of them, yeah, right? Yeah, Sadiq stacked seven of them. Seven of them, quarter of an inch. I could have gotten this perfectly. But still, like what? What did I say? Fifty-five point five divided by sixty-three. I was I was off by twelve percent. Did you? Is which that, is still a win? Yeah. Since I said a fifteen percent right. difference as a to B plus, right? Is a yep. Yeah. Cool. I'm gonna try stacking M and M's next time. I have some, which will probably be tomorrow, because now I want M and M's, and it's too late to get. Some. Uh, would you like to talk about weight? Um, as long as it's not my weight. <laughs> They're 4.5 to 7.8 kilograms. Uh, that's 9.9 to 17.2 pounds. How many of the heaviest blueberries 
the heaviest blueberry in the world uh, go into the weight of the bearded vulture? Here's Goodness. here's a hint. The blueberry was grown by twenty grown in twenty twenty by David and Lisa Mazardis. Speaking of unconventional spellings, it's L E A S A. Of they are from Will Wilbinga, Australia, the most Australian town sounding word I've ever heard. Uh, Wilbinga. Wilbinga. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's a variety of blueberries called Oz Blue, which is another Australian sounding word, but yes. it's a. Uh, they're known to be big, these blueberries. Wow. So this could be like, I'm envisioning something the size of a large grape. I'm going to say half an ounce. I'll say half an ounce. Um, which means there's 32 in a pound. 550. Yes, 550. Of the world's heaviest blueberry, go into the weight of the bearded vulture. Interesting. Final. That's a final answer. Yeah. Something went wrong because the correct answer is four hundred and eighty-one point five blueberries. What? And the blueberry was sixteen point two grams, which is a half a half ounce. So it's a conversion problem. It's a, oh, it's a yeah. conversion issue. The con- the uh, the metric system got you again. What was the actual answer? Four hundred and eighty-one. That's quite a difference in blueberries. It's still eighty. It's still an eighty-seven percent. Still a win. Still it's a not win. an A plus one hundred like I thought was going to be when you said a, a half ounce. You know what the the half ounce might be greatly. Um, rounded. Rounded. Yeah. Yeah. You kind of have to. Because what are you going to, like, yeah, you got to be like point something something of an ounce. But it's a double win for me. Double win. Yeah. All the way across the sky. What does it mean? If I had figured out mole and molecular mass, this would have <laughs> gone differently. <laughs> it's a blueberry. Why do you have to know moles? I wasn't going to do a blueberry. I was going to do how many. <clears throat> water molecules go into the heavy the, the oh, vulture. Yeah. <laughs> Thank heavens you don't you can't wrap your mind around a mole. <laughs> one day, one day. One one day we'll start. I went through the this quantum. same strife in chemistry class. And I remember trying to understand moles. The molecular weight. But one day. I did enough to be able to bubble in the right answer on my multiple choice test. Probably forgot that information for the rest of my life. I, so. Well, I mean, you can learn. I can learn to convert it. I just don't know what it means. When I when I get to the end, like you can use a calculator to convert it. Like they have online calculators for molecular mass and stuff like that. <clears throat> but at the end, I get like I, I usually get just a number. Like that's how many that's how many water molecules go into it. That's how many blueberries go into it. But it tells me it in grams mole. And I don't know what that means. <laughs> like like kilowatt hours. And it's like not a big enough number. It needs to be an, a huge number. Um, because that's how many molecules go into something that's got a lot of molecules in it. Um, but it, it just, I don't, I don't, my mind won't do it. I'll figure so it out. So joke's on you. You're the one who had to do all the work. 
<laughs> uh, that is the biggest thing about Measure Up is I do a ton of it takes me the most to do Measure Up of, of everything in this show because it's math and I'm not mathematically inclined. But that's yeah, all I, I got mean, for that. Everybody, everybody likes it, I guess. <laughs> but OK, let's do some fast facts before we get into the major fact. Uh, the bearded vulture lives uh, kind of in a strip across uh, Central Asia, all the way into East Asia. Um, it also lives in the Horn of Africa, like the you know Ethiopia, uh, Somalia area. But um, for the most part, it lives like in from like Turkey all the way over across the stands into China, and then as far north as Siberia. So it actually covers quite a swath. Um, but it is an old world vulture. Um, and as a vulture, Jafar mostly eats dead animals. It's a scavenger. But this one breaks the mold. And by mold, I mean bones. Um, it strongly prefers bone marrow over meat when it comes to uh, getting the most out of a carcass, which is why I called this bone saw, um, because bone saw is ready. Uh, so up to 90% of its diet is marrow and it can swallow and digest like pretty decently sized bones. I read up to, uh, the size of a lamb's femur, which is crazy and vultures do have really powerful digestive systems they kind of have to because of what the fact that they eat you know rotting meat um but goodness this is like hyena level stuff it was like battery acid in there <laughs> yeah maybe that's why you shouldn't kill a uh or at least uh eat a a vulture because it's like just full of battery acid um it the so like I said, one of its other, sci not scientific names, but colloquial names is called the ossophrage. Um, and if you know, um, an like ossif, ossi in, in general is, is a, a prefix for bone. So like ossification, um, osteoporosis, that kind of stuff. Uh, it's, it has to do with bones. And so ossophrage means bone breaker. <laughs> this is like, this is a monster truck. This, this vulture is a monster truck um, because the when uh, the bearded vulture encounters an, a, an animal that's died and the bones are too big to swallow, it will grab the corpse or what it can of the corpse and fly the animal up, up to 500 feet in the air. It's, it's, it's body and then drop it onto rocks to break the bones. And get to that sweet, sweet marrow. And then we'll rinse and repeat if necessary. <laughs> not rinse. It does not rinse. It's, um, But it'll just pick it up and and, uh, and drop it. And it'll circle around and kind of like examine to see if the bones have actually broken. And if not, it'll pick it up and do it again. And this is a learned behavior. It's not instinctual. And it can take up to seven years for juveniles to, uh, to acquire this, to master it. Um, and... Uh, so yeah, they're, they're willing to go far out of their way to get the marrow um, of a bum, like my dogs. Um, they'll they'll spend forever trying to get the marrow out of a bum. Um, 
so the bearded vulture can live up to 45 years in captivity um and they have a mating dance that uh sometimes involves them locking talons and falling through the sky in an elegant dance hmm. um but yeah i think that's that about does it for the fast facts that would be okay. with a major fact if you got one laying around I do. I'm calling this major fact iron wings. Uh, bearded vultures are uniquely are unique because they actually kill, attack and kill prey animals. So most vultures are scavengers, like you mentioned. They're specialized in being able, being able to eat carrion and dead flesh and stuff that would make normal animals throw up. Um, but they have iron stomachs uh, and battery acid in them. In, inside their stomachs but bearded vultures have been known to attack animals like marmots hi, and hyraxes hyraxes are the rock hyrax they will attack and kill um which is a alumni of the show mm-hmm. and even large prey like ibex uh capra goats camoys and steenbox i feel like capra goat is just redundant so that, <laughs> is that goat goat yeah uh and they'll sometimes kill prey by lifting them and dropping them from a high height. Like you said that they do to break up bodies and bones, they'll kill prey by doing that. Um, especially That's one way to do that. They especially do this to tortoises, which you know, you know, you need to crack open like a like a pistachio in order to get to that green goodness. Oh. <laughs> uh, that's like here i'm gonna give you a long time to think about your <laughs> impending death uh which golden eagles do this the, the same thing to tortoises so maybe they also uh, an alum yeah so maybe they i need to put some internal links in this major fact um but bearded vultures also attack prey uh that are positioned high on rocks like we talked about with the golden eagle um, they'll startle the prey by descending upon them and beating them with their wings until they fall off the side of a cliff. So just like the uh, golden eagle will grab them with their talons, they'll, uh, and then toss them down. The, the vulture will s- smack them, them and bully them. And you'll notice like if you compare the vulture's talons to an eagle's talons, Vultures don't have the like three inch blades on their feet like an eagle does. They have talons, but they're not like designed for killing. They're designed mm-hmm. for gripping flesh and stuff like that. Uh, but they're you know the, you, there's a clear difference. So instead they they beat them up. They they smack them with their wings. Um, and smaller animals like ground birds. Or sometimes killed outright by the wing attack. By the poke. You mentioned they are a Pokemon. They are a Pokemon. Yeah. They do wing attack. Goodness. Yeah, that's like uh, they must be fighting type. Yeah. Or grass type. Fighting, or fighting type. flying? No, they're not. They're actually fighting steel. And here's why. Or flying steel. Like Skarsgård. Uh, Skarmory? Yeah. Uh, the fact that they use their wings. We're, we're not at all implying that Bill or or whatever the name his name is Skarsgård are are um, uh, fighting flying Pokemon. 
Um, the fact that they use their wings as weapons isn't the only thing that makes them iron. Adult vultures bathe in pools that are rich with iron oxide. So you mentioned that their feathers can sometimes be reddish. Sometimes that's dust. But it's actually when they bathe in these uh, iron oxide pools, it stains their feathers red. And you can tell it the most on their white chest and neck feathers. Yeah, it looks... It's it, it's not just, oh, it looks a little stained. It like sometimes makes them look completely like a different color. Um, yeah. So they, so they literally beat their prey with iron wings. <laughs> do they do this so that they can have heavier or more impactful wing beats? No, it's not. It's like not enough to <laughs> actually iron coat their wings. Because like, man, then they is... wouldn't be able to fly. But can you imagine upgrading like that? They they it might build an iron defense against disease. Like that that's one of the theories as to why they do this is to protect against the disease. Hmm. Then we should all bathe in iron baths. So yeah. that we too can eat roadkill. <laughs> just just take your vitamin C. <laughs> or iron Sp- supplements. But that's all I got yeah. for that. I'll, here's another fast fact. If that wasn't metal enough for you, their eggs hatch uh-huh. in winter because that's when animals die. So they have more they have a resource <laughs> boon in winter like no one uh-huh. like no other animal does. Interesting. They, and they have to but they have to overcome all the issues with, you know, winter. Yeah, like but cold. one thing they don't have to overcome is food scarcity. Yeah, well, which is one of the biggest problems with winter, besides the temperature. That's true. Besides cold, yeah. Interesting. So you got anything else? That's all I got. All right, that was the bearded vulture. I'd like to call it the iron vulture, although I gotta say, bearded is a very appropriate for this animal. Just look up pictures of it. It's got a beard, and it's not like. Oh, it's just got some... It's, it's got a little bit of stuff under there. It is a straight-up goatee mm-hmm. sticking straight out of the bottom of its uh, of its beak. It's it's weird. Um, but I, th- I think Iron Vulture would work as well. That's, that, that actually sounds like a Spider-Man villain. Um, the, you know, just make Vulture the Iron Vulture. So, for you out there in podcasting, spread your iron wings... Crush your prey against the rocks and say goodbye to Prince Abu. <laughs> like the bearded vulture here in Life, Death, and Taxonomy. Hey Taxonomy Titans, I just want to remind you that we now have a Patreon. Patrons can see full video episodes and get shoutouts on the show. But ultimately, it's a way for you to help us cover some costs and get even better. Still, reviews are the best way to help us grow. So if you haven't left one yet, we'd really love to hear from you. As always, thanks for listening and engaging. Let's 
Death and Taxonomy is my favorite in the world podcast. <laughs> I'll bet you Iron Vulture is a luchador. Uh, wrestler. <laughs> I bet you uh, there's pro- I there there is definitely a luchador out there based on the condor. There there has to be. And the Iron Vulture is an airship in Disney's Tailspin. <laughs>